0: Open up our Bibles to, um, oh, where do I want to start this morning? I guess Hebrews chapter 1, and I want to do a little bit of a review before we get there, but, but uh, open up your Bibles to Hebrews 1 and we'll, we'll probably kick off there. But two weeks ago, uh, we had Brother Marty last week, and so uh, so we kind of took a, a break from that. But two weeks ago, we started a series on, uh, or we started, we ministered the first, the first message on the name of Jesus. And, uh, you know, we're starting a, we're going to be starting a series, and actually this is probably like an introduction to this series, but, but, we're, but we're starting, we're going to be doing a series on prayer, and uh, as I was studying prayer and as I was just, you know, uh, getting my notes together on it, this, this just kept coming up about the name of Jesus and the importance of the name of Jesus, and I just really felt in my spirit that, that we needed to uh, kind of get this nailed down before we got into the series on prayer. And man, this is, I mean, this is so, uh, you know, so powerful. And as I've been studying this and, and really looking at some of these things, um, it has just been, I, I mean, I, I am seeing things that I've never seen before about the name of Jesus. And so two weeks ago, we started just talking about the name of Jesus, and we talked about how that, how that for so many, uh, you know, just like so many other subjects in, in our Christian uh, walk and in our Christian faith, is that that you know when you hear something so much, it becomes it just becomes familiar to you and and when something becomes familiar to you, sometimes you lose interest in it. You know, like you hear it so much and you you hear this and you hear it and you hear it. so then when when somebody stands up and says, "Hey, we're going to talk about the name of Jesus, you know immediately you' whether it's subconscious or or whether you say it you know knowingly. You know, you just say, "Well, yeah, I know about the name of Jesus," you know, so I don't need to listen to that. But, but you know, every time we open the Word, we should open it with a with a perspective of I'm going to learn something today. You know, listen even if you even if you study a subject and you studied it and you studied it and you and you think you know everything about it, and somebody steps up and says, "Hey, I'm going to teach on this subject," you should say, "I'm going to learn something today." You should come with the attitude of of I'm going to I'm going to learn something and see because we all say the name of Jesus we all uh we all use the name of Jesus we all pray you know at the end of every prayer we say in Jesus name and and but I really wonder and as I was really praying about it and as I started studying this the Lord really started showing me that that very few people really and truly have an understanding of even what they're saying when they say in the name of Jesus Now you know I mean yeah we know that I mean, you know in a jest, we know that we're supposed to pray in jesus name, we know that that there's power in in the name of jesus we you know we say that and if i if I were to ask you some questions, y- your responses would probably be, yeah, I know there's power, I know we pray in jesus name and but but you know as we started last week we or two weeks ago, we saw how that the name of Jesus is the most powerful name that there is you know we we looked at the scripture in in uh in Philippians, where it talks about that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. You know, and, and then there's other scriptures, and we're going to look at a couple of those today. And, and this will probably may go on for a couple more weeks. I don't, I don't know how many more weeks we'll speak about this. But, but, uh, but, you know, at the name of Jesus, the Bible says that in heaven, on earth, and even under the earth, every knee will bow. You know, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, you know, there's, there's, if, if it's that powerful, then there's some things that we need to know about it. And there's some things that we need to understand about it. So, you know, we looked at scriptures in Colossians and Ephesians and, and uh, Philippians. We saw the scriptures in in John. And this is really, to be honest with you, this is really what kind of kind of uh, led me in this direction to teach on the name of Jesus To begin with, because like in John, um, in John chapter 14, um, Jesus says, Jesus says, whatever he says, you know, whatever you, whatever he says in my name, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Then in John chapter 15, he says, when you pray to the father and you pray in my name, he said, the father will give it to you. So, so there's, there's some things that, that we have to understand that when we just speak the name of Jesus, we have authority just speaking the name. Then when we pray to our Father in the name of Jesus, there's power and authority in our prayers when we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. So, you know, so even in those just just those two instances, we see that there's a vast difference between between just simply saying the name of Jesus and then praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. For example, we looked at we looked at Acts chapter three. Where Peter and uh, was when Peter and John were going into the temple, and they saw the guy there laying at the gate, beautiful. And they didn't pray in that situation; they just walked by him, fastened eyes on him, and said, "You know." And he he was begging alms, begging money. And they and, and Peter said, "Silver and gold, I don't have. I don't have any money on me right now. But such as I do have, I give you." And then he said, "In the name of Jesus, rise and walk." And he grabbed his arm, jerked him up. And a man that had never walked, all of a sudden the Bible says strength came to his legs and his ankles and his feet, and he started walking and jumping and praising God. Peter and John did not pray and say, God, please heal him. They just what, what Peter said was this. He said, he said, such as I have, I give you. Then he said, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. So, so he understood that he had, he had something. And he says, "I can give it to you." And what what was it that he had? He had authority. He had the authority to give that man something. Brother Hagen puts it like this: and as Brother Hagen has taught on this, had taught on this many times, um, and wrote a book about it and everything. But Brother Hagen describes it as kind of like that God has given us a blank check. Have you ever have you ever give somebody maybe your kids or somebody you trust or maybe a coworker or something like that? But you know you know that they're you trust them and and you know you know that they're not going to you know cheat you and things like that, but sometimes like if you send them to the store to get something, and of course we probably don't do that as much now, we just give them a credit card or something but but and, but you know like you give them a check and you just sign your name to it, and you give it to them, and you say, just fill it in, you know whatever you need, just fill it in when you go to the store, they'll tell you you know you write the amount in well, how many of you know that that the Lord has given us, God has given us a blank check. How many times does God, in His Word, does He tell us, ask whatever you will and I will give it to you? That sounds like a blank check to me. And see, and He said, He said, if you ask in My name, I will give it to you. John 14, we saw that. Well, just turn there. Uh, all right, just, just turn there real quick. I don't want to get, I don't want to re-preach my sermon from last week, but... But just so, just so you don't think I'm making this up, John chapter 14, look in verse number 12, John 14, 12. Jesus said this, He said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in Me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to My Father. Verse 13 says, And whatever you ask in My name, That I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Peter walking by the guy. You know, you realize this. Just think about this for a moment. You realize Jesus walked by that guy many times. And Jesus never healed him. You see, because it says that he, he was laid daily at the gate called Beautiful. Jesus went in that gate many times. He walked into the temple many times there and walked by him. Probably, to be honest with you, probably Jesus probably had given him alms before, had given him finances before. Because when he, when he saw Peter and John, he expected to receive something from them. Not everybody just, not, you know, everybody that went by didn't give him money but when he saw Peter and John it says he he fastened his eyes on him and expected to receive so no doubt in the past they had he knew that they were Jesus' disciples and he knew that they had probably given him something before now you know i can't tell you why Jesus why Jesus didn't heal him i mean just like Jesus went when, when he went to the the pools of shalom there, there that place was was covered with people but Jesus healed one person he didn't clear the place out it was one person that Jesus healed. You see, even Jesus, Jesus had to be led by the Spirit while he was living on the earth too. And see, Peter and John just walked by, and when they fastened, when they fastened eyes on him, when they locked eyes, something in that moment, just the, the Spirit of God says, today's the day. And, and Peter said, look, I don't, have, I don't have cash on me. I don't have, you know, coins on me today. But what I do have, I'll give you. What have you got, Peter? In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Pulled him up and strength came to his legs. Wow. So see, there's power in the name of Jesus. So now the, what I want to look at today is this. Where did that power come from? Because see, if, if, if you and I have the authority to use that name, you know, and and uh in teaching on like the believers' authority, the, the authority we have. You know, uh and and this is another example Brother Hagan always used, about the authority behind a badge. You know, you can see a policeman, a policeman can go out and, and go out into the streets, go out into this road out here on 903, and he can put his hand up and cars will stop. And it doesn't have to be just a policeman, anybody can do that. But but if you see a policeman out there you know, you're a lot more likely to stop than you than you would if you just saw somebody else out there, right? Well, why do people stop when they see a policeman? They stop because they know there's power, there's authority behind that badge. Now, you know, now like if, if if you were in a car and, and you pulled somebody over, you had a flashing light and you pulled somebody over, and you walked up to them and showed them a paper badge that you just drew... <laughs> you know, and say, hey, I'm here to arrest you. They'd probably drive off. They should. But you know, but if a policeman pulls up and does that, that's a whole different story. You know, because there's authority behind their badge. And and really to be honest with you, the the authority is only or the, the, the authority is only as good as the power behind the badge. Right? So so when we when we say we have been given the name of Jesus and we've been given authority to to use the name of Jesus, if you don't know what authority and the and the purpose and the reason behind why there's power in the name of Jesus, you'll miss the whole purpose of it. And man, this is I mean this this is liberating because when you realize and hopefully after today you'll have a a little bit better understanding of it. If you didn't already know these things, and if you did know them, it'll just it'll just strengthen that 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 knowledge in you. But but if you didn't know why. When we say in the name of Jesus, power happens and power is released, then hopefully today there's three, there's three main reasons that the Scripture gives of why there's authority in the name of Jesus. There's three main reasons, three main things that the Scripture is very clear about that tells us why there's greatness in the name of Jesus and why when you use the name of Jesus, there's power behind it even when you say it. So let's look in Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll, we'll look at these three things this morning. And I'll see if I can get through these here. Hebrews chapter 1, and the first one, the first one that we find, and it's, it's, it's a big one. I mean, and all three of them were big. I mean, uh, and, and if, if, he just, if he just received that name by one of these, it would have been incredible. But he got three. There's three different reasons and three different ways that that he uh, that he got the power and that that power came, you know, to the name of Jesus. Because see, listen, you don't find when Jesus walked the earth, and when he was with his disciples walking the earth, you never see Jesus telling them, "Now go around praying in the name of Jesus." You don't see that when he when he called his disciples and even when he sent out the seventy. He just told them, I give you authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. But he did not say, do it in the name of Jesus. He just said, I give you authority to do it. So they were going on the authority that Jesus gave them, but Jesus didn't give them his name. And the reason being was because at that point in time, his name did not have the power that it has today. That power was conferred on him and, 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 the, and I want to show you these three, these three reasons or these three things and why that that power and when that power came upon the name of Jesus. So in Hebrews chapter 1, this is the first one here. Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll read the, starting from verse 1. Man, this I mean, this is so powerful. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. I mean, I could stop and preach on, <laughs> preach on all that, but, but I'm, I'm trying to get down to, to somewhere. Verse 3 says this, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins. that You realize it says Jesus by Himself purged our sins. He was the express image of God. That's the reason when the disciples ask Him, Jesus, can You show us the Father? What was His response? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because Jesus was the express image of his father, and it says that he by himself purged our sins and then he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. so after Jesus lived you know he lived his thirty three and a half years and he 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 was crucified and he was sacrificed on the on the cross for us, he became our uh, propitiation, our sacrifice, our replacement. He took our place on the cross. He died. The Bible tells us that that he that Jesus literally went to hell in our place, went to Hades in our place, and God raised him from the dead by the Spirit of God. And the and, and man, this is all side things, but but the Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now living on the inside of us. But Christ was raised from the dead and when He was raised from the dead He took His blood and went to the heavenly Holy of Holies and He offered that blood on the mercy seat in heaven. And the Bible says that God accepted that sacrifice once and for all. Jesus by Himself provided a sacrifice that was good enough for all of eternity for all people. And when He finished when he offered the blood and, he, and, he, and, and God accepted the sacrifice, the Bible says that he sat down at the right hand of the Father. One thing that you'll see about the, the earthly temples and the earth, in the Old Testament was this, that in the, in the holy place there were no seats. Because the job of the priest was never done. Because they had to offer blood continuously. But when Jesus offered His blood and God accepted it for that, that eternal sacrifice that was done by a perfect lamb, a perfect sacrifice that paid the sins of every person, Jesus sat down. And when He sat down, what He was saying was this, My job is finished. There's nothing left to do. You see, so Jesus... see, And that's one thing we're going to talk about in prayer. The one prayer that Jesus will not answer is you asking Him to come do something that He's already done. Jesus sat down and He said, everything that every person needs is satisfied right now. My job's finished. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And then look what happened. Verse 4. Having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So you see, when Jesus sat down as the Father, when he, when he finished the, the job that God sent him to do, when he, was, when he offered himself and he became the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice, and his blood was accepted for the once and for all uh, eternal redemption, to where God would, say, God would say there's never going to be a need for anybody else to shed blood because that blood was accepted for all of eternity. When He did that, the Bible says that He inherited a name that was so much greater than the angels. Now that tells, it's an interesting thing, and the Bible doesn't say a lot about it, but that tells us this, that in heaven there was a name just waiting to, for God to give that name to somebody That would fulfill the plan that God had for them. If an angel could have done it, they would have got the name. If somebody else could have done it, they would have got the name. But the only person that was able to do it was Jesus. As He came and and came into a body, not, not born of man, not man's seed, because man's seed, for when Adam and Eve missed the mark, their seed became corrupted forever. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. It was a heavenly seed put into a woman. And and Jesus got an earthly suit, an earthly body to fulfill, to become the perfect sacrifice. And when he did that, the Bible says that he fulfilled everything that God required for for the price of sin. And when he did that, he inherited a name greater than even the angels. And that name, we know it as, the English version of it, we, we know it as Jesus. is what we call Jesus. When we say in the name of Jesus, we know that that name, that he inherited that name when he completed the, the will of God for his life. Now listen, he goes on, it goes on verse 5, he says this. Verse 4, having, having become so much better than the angels... As, as he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, for to which of the angels, verse 5, to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. God never said that to any other angel. But, but and this is quoting from, from Psalm chapter 2. And, and in Psalm chapter 2, he, he said, this day I have begotten you. Jesus became the firstborn of the dead. Jesus died in our place, God raised him up, and he, become the, he became the firstborn of the dead. And the Bible says he was the firstborn of many. You and I are, are part of that. You and I are, are, have been ra- risen from the dead because we were all dead in our sins. But when we accepted Christ, we became born again. Jesus talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He said, Man must be born again. Nicodemus says, How can a man go, how can an old man go back in his mother's womb? I don't understand. And Jesus says, That which is born of the the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You must be born again. So Jesus, the price that he paid when he sat down at the right hand of the Father saying, It's finished, he inherited the power in his name. That's the reason. In John chapter 15, and just turn over there, turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, he says this. Let me find this. I wasn't planning on going this direction here, but we'll... Uh, Let me find the scripture I'm looking for. Actually, maybe John 16. Let me find... I'll find it. No, nope, John chapter. Let's see. John chapter seventeen is when he prays. Um, in John sixteen, right here it is. John sixteen, verse twenty five. He says this. Uh, no, I'm sorry. John, uh, John sixteen twenty two. John sixteen twenty two and twenty three. He says, therefore, you now have have sorrow, because he was telling and he was leaving. He says, but I will see you again. Your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. In verse 23, he says, in that day, you you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And now look at verse 24. He says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So see, Jesus said this. He told, he told his disciples, up to this point, you don't, you don't, you've never said in Jesus' name, give me this. Why? Because Jesus was with them. And if they needed something from Jesus, they just went to him and said, Jesus, you know, can we have this? They didn't ask in his name, they just asked Jesus. And so Jesus says, up to this point, you've asked me nothing. He says, but in that day, what day was he talking about? He was talking about the day that we just read about in Hebrews 1 when he inherited the name. In that day, he says, you will ask the Father in my name and he'll give it to you. See, the power of the name of Jesus came when he inherited that name, Jesus. Now, yes, his name was Jesus on the earth. But it didn't carry the power it carried until after he inherited that, when he sat down at the Father, saying his job was complete. So he inherited that power. It's great. Now listen, when you inherit something, now what what happens when you inherit something? It becomes yours, right? It's yours. When you if you if your name is written in the will, and you inherit something, then it's yours. You take possession of it. That's the reason Peter could look at the guy at the gate beautiful and said, "Such as I have, I give you." Well, what did he have? He had an inheritance that Jesus had given him. Come on, he had authority to use that name. Look at look at Matthew. Let me. Well, I mean, I just want to make sure you get this. Matthew chapter twenty eight, and then we'll look at Mark sixteen. You see, because when Jesus, when Jesus was, he had been crucified, he rose again, and he, you remember, he spent 40 days with the disciples doing all kinds of miracles, teaching them, and then he's getting ready to ascend up to heaven for the last time. You know, while, you know, until, I mean, you know, I mean, while, while this was the ascension and the Great Commission, Jesus said this, his, his last words to his, to his disciples while he was in a body here on the earth, he, he had a, his resurrected body, but but he was here and he was getting ready to leave and he said this in Matthew 28, verse 18. He said, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. And that word authority, really that particular that particular word would probably be, be better translated power. All power has been given to me. Sometimes the translation... Authority and power can be translated the same word. But, but he was saying all authority or all power has been given to me in heaven and earth. And then verse 19 he says, go therefore. What he was saying was this. All authority is mine. Now you go in that authority. Here it is. Here's the authority. I'm giving it to you. So he says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So Jesus said, I've I got the authority in, the death, in, in my death, burial, and resurrection. He says, now, you go in that authority. Now, look at Mark 16. Mark's account of it, Mark added a little something here that's a little bit different than what Matthew did. Look at Mark chapter 16. Mark's account of the Great Commission, he says this, Mark 16, verse 15. It says, and he said to them, Mark 16, verse 15, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Then, verse 17, it says this, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. See, so in Matthew just said that he said, All authority has been given to me. Now go in that authority. Mark says, Mark said that, he said when Jesus commissioned them, he said, in my name you'll do this. He says, in my name they will cast out demons. In my name they'll speak with new tongues. In my name they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will do no harm to them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. All of those things, Jesus said, would happen in his name. Well, the power came when he inherited that name after he after he finished the will of God for him to do that that was the first thing now like i said if if that was the only th- the only example we had that would have been great enough and we would have said by inheritance he got that and then he gave us the authority to use that name but now let's look there's another thing that that the bible tells us look at philippians chapter 2 philippians chapter 2 tells us another uh example or another aspect of this that that we haven't seen yet, and in Philippians chapter two, verse number five, Philippians two five. Are y'all still with me? I hadn't lost you, have I? I mean, you know. Listen, I mean this. This is important that you get this. This is important that we understand this. Philippians two five says this: Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of men man i mean if i i, I could stop and preach on that you realize in verse verse number 6 think about this think about this statement jesus who being in the form of god did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now just think about that one step. What, what that says is this. You could read it in different translations. and stuff. But here's what he was saying in that. Even, you know, because the Bible tells us when Jesus came to the earth, He laid aside His heavenly attributes. And everything He did as a man, or everything He did on the earth, He did as a man. Not as God. But yet, it says that he did not think it robbery he did not think it was something bad for him to say i'm doing this as the son of god even though he was doing it as a man he didn't think it was robbery for him to say you know this this is the same thing you're going to be doing people people say all the time you hear people say oh you know that's blasphemy to say that that you can do the same works as jesus this Scripture says that Jesus didn't think it was robbery to have that mindset. He said in verse 5, Let this mind be in you, just like it was in Jesus. Man, I, could, I probably need to teach a lot on that. But, but let's go on to verse 7, because I'm, I'm trying to get through this. Verse 7, But but Jesus made Himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in the appearances of man, he humbled Himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So because, because He humbled Himself and died on the cross, and we know God resurrected Him, but look at verse number 9. He says, Therefore, anytime you see a therefore, you can find out what it's there for, right? And it's therefore, because of what because Jesus humbled Himself and died on the cross, because of that, here's what God did. It says, Therefore, God also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name. So not only did He get the name by inheritance, He got the name conferred on Him or given to Him because of what He did on the cross. And He goes on to tell us in verse 10 and 11 the power of that name. And this is, this is the power that God put in that name. He says, Therefore God also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Wow. The Amplified says it this way, because if if you're reading it from the King James, um, you'll see that that those words... Of, of you know where it says those in heaven, or, or, or the, those words are in italics, so that means it was added. The Amplified interpreted it right. It says in verse ten that that at the name of Jesus every knee should and must bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So it means that every every name, every person, every name, everything that's either in heaven, that's on the earth, or that's under the earth. That name has so much power that every knee will bow at that name. And it was given to Him by God because of what He did on the cross. So He inherited it. It was conferred upon Him because God gave it to Him. That was the same process, the inheritance, and God given it to Him. But you see the Bible talks about two different things there. He inherited it, and God gave it to Him. And there's power in it because of that. But then the third one, and this is probably... For us, this is probably one of the most exciting ones, is this, in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, it tells us the third, the third way that the Bible tells us that He got the power in that name. And He says this, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, for in Him, talking about Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete you and i are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting the body of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ we were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of god who raised him up from the dead now, all of that just basically means that you and I were in Christ when he, when he died and when He got resurrected, you and I were in Him. God put us in Christ so what He did, you and I get credit for. Then verse 13, He goes on to say this, And you, say me, this is, He's talking about me here, He's talking about you, and you being dead in your trespasses and sins, and your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made you alive together with Him, having forgiven all of your trespasses. Having, now listen to this. Having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And here's what He did. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Glory. Verse 15 from the Amplified says this. It says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and a public example of them in triumf- triumphing over them in Him and in it, the cross. So the third way that we see that Jesus got power in that name is this: He defeated Satan and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. The power that Satan had, Jesus took. The Scripture tells us this. That the Scripture says that that Jesus, it says that the one who held the who who held the power of death no longer holds it. Guys listen. If we understood how weak the devil was, if we truly understood that, we would not go through half of what we go through. The the scripture tells us that that one day we're going to laugh. We're going to see, we're going to see Satan for who he really is, and the Bible says that we will laugh. And say, that's the one that caused all the trouble. So, Jesus, by inheritance, got the name, by, by, uh, by conference, or by the fact that God gave him the name, and then also by conquest, because he defeated Satan. And because he defeated Satan, all the power and authority that Satan had that he took from, or that Adam gave him, now Jesus took it back, and he told us, now you go in that authority. And I've given you my name. And you can use my name, and when you use my name, it, uses the, it has the same power as if I used it. It's, it's no different than, than, the, than like a power of attorney, a power of attorney. You know, sometimes when, sometimes when um, you know, your parents get older or, or something like that, or there may be some other reasons why, but, but, you know, sometimes there's, you know, you sign a power of attorney, and that gives you the right to sign somebody else's name. And it carries the same power as if they signed it. It's legal authority. And God, and, and what these scriptures tell us is this what we read in, in Matthew 28, Mark 16, that Jesus was saying, I give you the power of attorney to use my name. When you speak my name, it carries the same weight as if I spoke it. When you say, in the name of Jesus, things must change. Things must happen. I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell this story, and we'll finish with this. I think. Uh, Josh, I mean uh, Marty, kind of told this a little bit of the story last week, but I went back. You know, Marty talked about the. If you were here with us last week, Marty talked about the two two of the visions Brother Hagen had, and. Uh, uh, one of the visions he had was in, in like 1950, 1952, I think it was, or the first one was in 1950, I believe. And that vision was the one where Jesus, where he was praying, and and uh, and you know, I mean, it's so much to that vision, but but he, Jesus or Brother Hagen went up in the air and met Jesus in the air, and and he was holding that Soul Winner's crown in his hand. And Jesus, or, or Brother Hagin, said, said that crown was the most beautiful crown he had ever seen. And, and he asked Jesus, he said, what's that crown? And, and Jesus told him, he said, that's a soul winner's crown. And he said, he said I've got one for every believer. Wow, think about that. He's, every one of us, we have, we have a soul winner's crown if we'll just obey him. Jesus told Brother Hagin, he says, he says, but my people are too busy. He said they're disinterested, and they won't listen when I ask them to go talk to somebody. I think 1950. That, I mean that I can, you know, when Marty said that, and I've heard that vision many times, but but it just really piqued my interest, and I went back and got Brother Hagen's book. Uh, I believe in visions, and I read that. It's in the first two chapters of that book that he tells this vision, and and I was thinking to myself that Jesus said in 1950 his people were too busy. Disinterested, you know this. I mean, just not even, not even, don't even care about what what God tells them to do. He says when I tell them to go talk to somebody, they're disinterested. They they don't they won't listen to me. They won't go. They you know. And he said people are dying and going to hell because my people are too busy. And I thought, dear Lord, what would he say if he came and appeared to us today? If people were too busy in 1950, think how much. Think how much more junk we have in our lives today than they had in 1950. But anyway, in that vision, part of that vision was that uh, Brother Hagin, uh, Jesus told Brother Hagin, said, stretch forth your hands. And Brother Hagin put his hands out and Jesus touched, he, he touched with his pointer finger the, the index or out right in the center of Brother Hagin's hands. And Brother Hagin said when he touched them, it felt like a hot coal was put in his hands. And Jesus told him. He says, "He says, I'm giving you a special anointing to minister to the sick." And of course, if you followed Brother Hagen at all, you know that, that that was one of the things that that in, in all of his meetings, you know, you saw the sick healed, and I mean, just miraculous things happened in, and in those meetings. But but Jesus told Brother Hagen, he said this. He said, he said when you he said when you lay hands on people. He said, you'll put one hand on the front of them, one hand on the back of them. And he said, and if you feel fire jump between your hands, he says, you'll know that there's a spirit involved that needs to be cast out. He said, if you don't feel the fire jump between your hands, he said, you'll just know that you just need to minister healing to them, and they'll be healed. So so Brother Hagin said, sure enough, you know, from that moment on, he started praying for people, and when he laid hands on people, he said, you know, he, he would be able to very distinctly tell if, if there was a fire jumping between his hands. And if they, if they were, Jesus told him, he says, if you feel that fire jump between my hands, he said, you'll just simply do this. You'll just simply say, in the name of Jesus, foul spirit, come out of him, leave him, and leave. And, and Jesus says, and it, and, and it has to obey you. Well, it's the same command that he gave, he gave us in the Great Commission, right? In my name, you'll cast out devils. In the name of Jesus, well, so Brother Hagan said, about two months went by, and he was at a, he was at this place, and he was at a, another meeting, and he was praying for people, and he was laying hands on people and and he said this guy came up that had uh, tuberculosis of the spine, and it had made his spine rigid to where he couldn't bend over. and all he could do was bend his head. you know that's all he could bend his neck a little bit. so So he came through the line, and Brother Hagan laid hands on him. Put his hands on him. And sure enough, boy, there was fire. Jumped between his hands. And, and uh, so Brother Hagen said, I knew what to do. He said, so I said, in the name of Jesus, you know, you foul spirit, come out of him. And he says, you know, and leave him. And then, and then he says he took his hands off of him. And he looked at the guy and said, he said, now, try and see if you can bend over. Well, he said, the guy, the guy did this. He said, he, said he just went he couldn't bend over, he couldn't move, you know, his back was still as rigid as it was. And Brother Hagen thought, now that's weird, he said, he said, it's never not worked before. He said, let me try it again. So he laid hands on him again, sure enough that fire jumped back and forth. And he, he took his hands off and he says, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, come out of him. And then he, he stepped back and he said, now, let's see if you, can, if you can touch your toes now. And the same thing, you know, the guy just bent his neck, that's all he could do. He did that like three times. And Brother Hagin said he didn't know, he said he was just, said, said he didn't know why it didn't work. And said, you know, so he just, he, he, he just said, you know, well, go on back to your seat. And he started to lay hands on the next person. And, uh, and he said he something caught his attention to his left. And he said before he could lay hands on the next person, he looked and Jesus was standing right beside him. And he said, and Brother Hagin said, I thought everybody could see him, but he, but Brother Hagin was the only one that could see him. And he said, Jesus looked at him and pointed his finger at him and said, I said, when you cast that demon out, he would leave. And Brother Hagin said, well, yes, sir. He said, I, he said, just two months ago, you told me that in that vision. He says, I know that's what you said. And he said, that's what I did. And he said, he didn't leave. He said, Brother Hagin looked at him again, pointed his finger, said he got right up next to his nose. And Jesus said, I said that when you passed that demon out in my name, it had to leave. Brother Hagin said, well, dear Jesus, he says, he says I know that's what you said. And he says, and that's what I did, but the demon didn't leave. And he said the third time, Brother Hagin, if you read that story, Brother Hagin says, I kind of felt like, uh, he says, I kind of felt like I knew what the people in the temple that day when Jesus came in and turned the tables over and dro- drove them out with a whip and stuff. He said, I kind of felt like That I knew what they felt. He said, because it was almost like I saw lightning come out of his eyes. And he looked at me and he said, I said that if you cast that demon out in my name, it had to leave. And he says, it will. And then Jesus disappeared. And Brother Hagin says he got it. Just like that, he realized where he missed it. And he called the guy back. He said, come back up here. The guy walked back up there. Brother Hagin laid hands on him again. And sure enough, that fire went between his hands. And he, he, he said, he just said, he just said, uh, I cast that demon out of you. He said, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. And then he looked at the guy and he said this. He said, now bend over and touch your toes. And the guy just bent straight over and touched his toes. He was totally healed. And see, the, the where, G, where Brother Hagin had missed it was this. He had told the guy, now let's see if this worked. Try and see if you can bend over. And see what that was saying was this i don 't really know whether this is going to work or not let 's just see if it did. So see when brother Hagen, when, when brother Hagan said he got his mind right and his heart right, knowing that Jesus had told him, When you lay hands on the sick and you cast that demon out, it will leave. No questions. you don't try to see if it happened. it will he said that's when that's when the revelation came to him that that he had that unbelief in his heart that he didn't really know whether it would really work or not so so the reason I told you that was this turn back with me to mark chapter 16 just real quick and we're going to finish we're finishing up mark chapter 16 in that great commission he said this in in verse 17 well well verse 16 he said well, verse 15 verse 15 he said go into all the world preach the gospel to every creature Verse 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will not will, will be condemned. Verse 17, he said this, though, and these, these signs will follow those who believe. Now, let me ask, how many of you are believers? Okay. Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe. It didn't say you had to be in the ministry. It didn't say you had to be somebody special. It didn't say that, that it had to be you know, some special anointing. He just said, these signs will follow those who believe. What signs was it? Jesus said this. He says, in my name. You see, there's power in His name. In my name, they will cast out demons. Now we can add in my name to every one of these statements because the power is in His name. The power is not just simply in you. The power is in His name. It says, in my name they will cast out demons. And we could add, in my name they will speak with new tongues. You realize, you talking in tongues, I mean, you have the right to do it because of the name of Jesus. Because of what He did on the cross. In my name. In my name they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it it will by no means hurt them. In my name they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now notice he didn't say they might. You got a pretty good chance, maybe they will, maybe they won't. What did he say? He said, In my name, they will cast out or they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So see, when we lay hands on the sick and we and we have this mindset to say, oh well, I don't know whether this is going to work or not, but I'll try. Then you know what? Chances are it probably won't work. Because He didn't tell you to try. He told you, He said, In My name, when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Come on. You see, we've lost this, we've lost this power. We've lost this power in the name of Jesus. We, I mean, we, you know, we, we lay hands on people and we just say, In the name of Jesus. And most people have no expectation whatsoever that something's going to happen. But Jesus said when you lay hands on people in the name of Jesus, they will get better. They will recover. Friend, I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart that when you, when you and I, when we step out in faith, knowing the power behind the name of Jesus, when we lay hands on the sick and expect them to be healed, I believe with all my heart that people will be healed. I'm excited about it, whether you are or not amen I mean I'm serious I mean I I believe, I believe we've lost that expectation. I believe that we have we, we, we pray and we say in the name of Jesus, but really and truly, we've lost that expectation that, that it's going to work that it has to Jesus Jesus told brother Hagin, when when you say in my name, that demon has to leave it it has no options. why? because Jesus defeated the enemy kicked his rear end, took all of his power and authority back and gave it to us, and and Satan has he has nothing the only thing that he has that he can that he can use against us is our agreement. When we agree with him, then that empowers him. Well, that's enough to leave you on today, I believe. Amen. Um, youth, you guys can go ahead and be dismissed. I'm going to pray and and uh, and minister here for just a second, and then and then we'll uh, we'll all fellowship a little bit. So, so if you're one, if the youth want to help out, you guys can go on back there and help help out with that. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray. Father, my prayer today is just simply this. I pray, Lord, that You would give us a revelation. That You would open our our hearts, open our minds, and that we would get a revelation of the power behind the name of Jesus. That every time that we say the name of Jesus, at, at the end of every prayer, every time that that name crosses our tongue and our lips, the name of Jesus, that we realize the power behind it. That He inherited that name. That God gave Him that name. And that He got that power and authority behind that name because He defeated Satan and took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And then He empowered us. He said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now you go in that power. So Father, in the name of Jesus, (laughs) we have that power. In the name of Jesus, that authority is ours. So Father, help us. Open our eyes. Open our hearts to this, Lord. and, And Holy Spirit, I pray that every time every time that we that we utter that phrase in the name of Jesus every time we say that every time that name comes across our lips that you will remind us of the power behind that name and that it's not just a tagline for a prayer it's not just a it's not just a uh, just a simple a cute way to end a prayer it's not just a A cute thing to say so people think you're holy or or righteous or anything like that. But Lord, there's power in the name of Jesus. So Lord, every time we speak, every time we pray, Lord, we will see demons leave. We will see sickness leave. We will see lives changed and transformed. In Jesus' name. Glory. Now, if you're here today, let, let's bow. Just keep your heads bowed, and oh, thank you, Lord. If you're here today and you need you need either to to be saved, maybe you say, "Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior," or you might say, "Well, I'm, I'm I'm a Christian, but I need to make some changes and get my life back right," or you might even say, "Pastor, I I just need I need prayer, I need healing." Then I just want to invite you. Let's all stand to our feet. I just want to invite you. On any three of those, if you just want need prayer for anything, just that you can make your way down, and Stacy and I'd love to be able to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, if you need prayer for anything, just you can come down and we'll pray for you. Anybody at all? <clears throat> Hallelujah! And as we pray for these that come down, y'all just stay in an attitude of prayer with us, and, and we're just going to believe we're going to believe God and and uh, minister to these. hallelujah god is good amen amen Amen. um i do have uh one thing as we get ready to go uh ken man had uh, back surgery thursday what is today saturday uh sunday uh i'm trying to think whether he had it thursday or friday anyway uh he he had back surgery and they did some some work on him and um and he but he came through it fine but if you would be be praying for ken and and uh as the recovery process with backs, or you know, he'll have a lot of rehab to do and stuff. And I think hopefully he's going to get to come home first of the week. I believe was the last I heard. So uh, I told Ken that I would ask you guys to be praying for him, and and he asked me to do that. So uh, so be praying for Ken, and I know he would appreciate that. Amen. So uh, so with that, we're gonna uh, we're gonna say a, a prayer of uh, blessing over the food. Thank you for that. And we're going to bless the food, and, and then we're going to be dismissed to go back. I encourage you. I hope you. I hope you'll stay and eat with us. Uh, all of the money goes to help the youth go to summer camp. So uh, uh, the hamburger beans, man. There's a big old pot back there, hamburger beans, and uh, and there is to go boxes, so you can get it to go. You don't have to stay and eat, and so you're more than welcome to do that as well. But thank you guys for for listening this morning. Thank you for coming. And uh, I believe that that you know that when you.